Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. It is Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Otterberg, your typical Miami Mondays crew coming to you on Wednesday because we wanted to wait and see who was in the Final Four. And we have our answer, Amy. We have South Carolina, Stanford on one side, UConn, and Arizona on the other side. And we're going to preview the final four, talk about the elite eight, talk about Paige Becker's winning the player of the year. And it's, it's kind of been a lot, I would say, right. It's been, it's been a week, right? Like it's been a, week. a lot, <laughs> but I mean, listen, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm the most excited about. People are talking about it. People are talking about women's basketball and I'm talking about like LeBron's talking about women's basketball and Fran Frischilla is talking about women's basketball and all these different I'd say, yeah, all these different men that are on these high platforms that you wouldn't expect to be talking about when Drake is watching women's mm-hmm. basketball. Like, that's what I'm the most excited about, I think, because we we've been covering the sport. We've been talking about the sport. We've been excited. We know what's up. We we know what's yeah. up. Right. But it, it's great that to see maybe some other people and LeBron and wait, and Draymond's talking about it, too. But we won't go there. <laughs> we won't talk about what Draymond said, because Draymond. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, come on, man. Come on, man. Tell us something. We thank you. Mean, thank you for your on. opinions, but hang <laughs> yeah. around here for just like a little bit longer before you tell us. Something. Yeah. Regardless, uh, you know who else was yeah. talking about women's basketball is Amy Otterberg, who has yes. been <laughs> everywhere and you've seen her everywhere. So I want to say congrats on air. Congratulations. Uh, first women, all women's broadcast of an NBA game with the Toronto Raptors. Um, she's also doing radio games for Toronto Raptors because as I kept telling people, I kept telling people, you're going to see Amy on your TV screen this year because she's a star. <laughs> she's my star big. I'm glad no, other star. people are getting her the ball now. So, well, I appreciate it, but you know what I've been doing? I've been watching the elite eight on the women's side. The last, it's so funny. Like the Raptors have been playing, obviously the men's got some fun stuff going on too, but it's like, I can't, I'm, I'm like PPRing and I'm recording everything else. Like I want to watch these women play because it's been so good. I know. I haven't watched I haven't watched NBA in like three weeks because it's like, <laughs> all right, like I'm I'm married and my and my wife, God, she is so great. Like she loves she enjoys basketball. She really wants to watch it. She doesn't want to watch this much basketball though. <laughs> it's been like, you know, it's been like the almost like forty five percent of our time all day for the past three weeks has been basketball, and she's been a trooper. So we have not been watching NBA, but we've been watching all the women's games, and man, they have been incredible. Let's talk about the games that happened last night. Uh, Eric Ayala talked about uh, UConn Baylor. We'll also talk about UConn Baylor because there's a lot to get into there. But I want I want to start with last night's Stanford Louisville game. Um, tremendous ball game, and and it was really kind of, it, it was kind of went by a script that I think we've seen on occasion where one team will get out to a big lead. In this case, it was Louisville. And I think we kind of came into this game. Louisville was a little, Stanford had not been challenged at all in this tournament yet. Louisville had to go through challenges and ruts and didn't look that good at times. So when coming into this game, I kind of figured like, okay, Stanford's going to take hold of this and not let go. But Louisville came out and hit the first punch that was huge. And they got out to, I think, like a 15-point lead, I want to say, 
Yeah, it was 40. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was a 13, 14 point lead. Yeah, 43, 29. So that's a 14 point lead um, late in the in the first half there. Uh, and then Stanford started fighting back. And so you see how great that team is when they're challenged. So what did you notice from Stanford, um, Stanford's game yesterday? And just like, how awesome was it to see that great comeback? So I would say, like you said, Stanford hasn't been challenged up in this tournament up until last night. And, and so that's what a number one seed kind of does, right? They come in and take care of business. And then all of a sudden can't hit a three, mm-hmm. like can't, can't, can't score to save their lives in that first half. And I, what I did was I caught myself at halftime kind of cliche, but well, good teams find other ways. Right. Yep. And we're going to find out if this is actually a legit national championship contender in the second half, even if they don't win this game, could they, if they can even get it close. And they, so they showed why, in my opinion, they're going to be in that final game because um, the good teams, you never fully count out either. Right. But what mm-hmm. I really loved was Prekto comes yeah. to the game and changes the game. And in my opinion, Gabe, that's another indication of these national championship type teams when you get contributions from people that aren't necessarily on the top of your scouting report because they're that good because they go that hard in practice because they're that talented right and and so I thought Cameron Brink was great I thought I love Amber Wilson just like watching her play I think she's tremendous Keanu Williams had her moments the Hall sisters but to me it was that x factor um I was really excited for what I saw. And I felt bad. I felt bad for Louisville. I, I think, I think Dana uh, Evans really kind of tried to take incredible. that game over. Yeah. She is incredible, but you just, I, you just didn't see like the, the rounded, you didn't see the well-rounded balance or like the help kind of, I guess you could say where on the Stanford side, you saw big moments from a lot of players. And that's why, in my opinion, they were able to win this game. No, I agree. I think I think uh, Ashton Prechtel, she was incredible. And you look at it's exactly what you're saying, right? Because she came in pretty much only because um, Cameron Brink. I think she like she just like strained her hamstring late in that second quarter, and she just had to sit for a little bit. And then Prechtel came in and was just had energy, getting boards, getting easy buckets, making shots when she was open. It's just and it's exactly what you said. When you're a national title contender, when you're trying to reach those next levels, you need it from everyone. You need it from everyone. Anyone on this team can be a leader and take us from point A to point B. And I think that's what um, Stanford tells you, uh, shows you. And I think that goes back to them having one of the greatest coaches of all time, Atari Vanderbilt. Like she has gotten this team so ready in a, in a, in a mode where it's like we're down by 14, we're not going to panic. I thought there was huge Anna Wilson. And I don't remember exactly when this play happened, but she had, I think the play of the game was um, that Louisville was up by 10 plus points. They um, Stanford had a really bad possession. I think it ended with like a Lexi, uh, a Lexi hall, like um, elbow jumper that just, it, it was like such a stuck in the mud possession and Louisville gets the rebound. Everyone starts running back except for Anna Wilson. Anna Wilson goes right to the rebounder, snatches the ball from her, takes it, passes it to Lexi Hall. They get a bucket. And it was like, boom, you saw that, that switch turn right there where they're both, everyone on the court was in Stanford was like, okay, we got this now. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm with you. I believe in this Stanford team because 
they they don't have they don't have turnoff. You know, that sort of play from Anna Wilson. And you saw it from everyone, Keanu Williams, Haley Jones, Lexi Hall. Like they all have plays like this where you point to and you say, they got no turnoff and they really pushed themselves to another level. And that's why they're in the final four with the 78-63 um victory. But yeah, I mean, Dana, I feel so bad for her. She was crying and like yeah. <sighs> that's it, she it gave is it. hard. She gave it, she gave it everything. And you know what gave that a great first half defensively. Like I thought they were fantastic defensively in that first half. And what I loved was coach Waltz. He only played, he played, sorry, not only he played nine, I think it was nine players in that Mm -hmm. first half and they all attempted field goals. Like it was like all around, but I loved their game plan. And I think part of it was like, Hey, you're only getting a couple minutes at the time, but you're going to sit down and defend the heck out of this team. Right. And and so I appreciated what Lou, I thought they were fantastic, but like, like you said, the, the other teams got Tara and uh, they figured out a way. It, it, we call that bend, don't break. You know, and mm-hmm. they bent. They bent in the first half. Stanford bent. Louisville got them to bend. Um, but, man, the response was was fantastic. And, and oh, by the way, Russ and Sierra in the crowd yeah. cheering on Anna and company. I was like, this is awesome. This is so, okay. like, really, like, invested. Like, not just, like, whatever on their phones. Like, oh, yeah. up and in it. And that was uh, that was awesome. So I'm going to be honest, and I hope people don't judge me for this. I did not know that Anna Wilson was related to Russell Wilson before this game. And I've watched Stanford play, and I've written about Stanford, and I've talked a lot about Stanford on this podcast. And I'm not sure how I never realized that Anna Wilson is Russell Wilson's sister. I didn't know how I don't know that. I think she didn't she have some pretty bad concussions or something. I remember reading in about her and, and, I, and I remember him speaking about it or I, I remember like the connection back then. Uh, but then also, by the way, the in-game report about how um, during the lockdown, she was able to spend some time like training with them and eating yeah. properly. And Anna Wilson's in the best shape of her career. And it's like, well, she had some resources and, you know, credit to her for using them and uh, utilizing them. But it certainly helped her out quite a bit. Right. I thought it was no. a very interesting, uh, intriguing story. So I'm not going to judge you. Wilson's, you know, you never know, right? Wilson's not, not, not super uncommon of a name. So I'm not worried about a game. Don't you worry. Look, I'm really looking forward to calling Russell Wilson, Anna Wilson's brother for the rest of his career, whatever he does. I'm just going to be tweeting about Anna Wilson's brother because I just didn't know that. So, and, and she was great and phenomenal. Had, um, had a real, it had a real effect on this game. Like I said, um, we also talked about this game a lot because it was awesome. It's time to talk about our Michelob ultra player of the week. And we're going to talk about the player of the year, Paige Beckers of UConn named the AP player of the year, first freshman to ever do it. And when you talk about it, some, some being it only worth it. If you enjoy it, I would say Paige Beckers is totally worth it. Cause she has bring brought so much joy to this game and how she's played basketball and showed off her skills especially in this tournament, Amy, I mean, you look at what she's a freshman and I know we always say this, but she's a freshman and she had 28 points in the elite eight. against one of the best teams in the country and one of the best games we've seen. And we'll talk about it uh, in more in depth, but what have you seen from our ultra player of the week page page backers? Uh, I guess not over the week, but like over the tournament. Yeah. You listen, like I, I as analysts gave, like we like to look at box scores and I'm throwing it completely out. Every time that Paige has had to like really step up, you know what I mean? She gets the job done. It's crazy because it's, I feel like so many people sit at home and they're waiting for that kind of like rookie moment 
you know, where it's okay. It, it's totally okay. Like if women were one and dones, Paige would be the number one pick in, in the WNBA's oh, no draft. I mean, because she hasn't, she hasn't like failed. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. and, and on the biggest stage possible. So it's like, you go into that game against Baylor and you're like, Oh, DD Richards this is going to be a problem. She still found a way. I mean, they come out of the game, out of the gates and, and, they all scored, but Paige draws all the attention, right? Mm-hmm. And then she steps up in that, it, what was it, a 19 or 17 to 0 run in the third quarter? Yeah, 19 0. It, it was time. It was time for Paige to take over. And she did that. Oh, man. She's just been, she's a, she's a pleasure. Like she's, she's why we sit home and watch, right? Like just yep. players like Paige Beckers. And so, and, and I'm also, again, I'm so excited that it's not just us. Like the world is starting to really consume, um, basketball in the women's sector and she's that face right like we know how good like sabrina and and stewie and like all these like you know asia wilson we know we know because we love this sport right now you're starting to get other people to open the door and she's the face they're seeing Mm -hmm. no and she and she is gonna she's gonna be a lot of people's favorite players because she's gonna be the one who they saw first and she's doing Mm -hmm. it with, with so much just, just joy. Like she's slapping Gino Ariam on the butt. In the yeah, I was games. like, whoa. Like, do you think Diana Tarazi was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa? I, did DT get to it, do that? I don't know. It DT was a DT. Has- it was a DT move, though. I'll tell you that. That was a DT <laughs> yeah. move. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Paige just been phenomenal, and she and and DD Richards was a problem for her, but she found a way, and that's what great players yeah. do. And she and again playing with so much joy, and she brings up the question. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? And that was our Michelob Ultra player of the week. That's a great line. Shouts to Michelob Ultra. Uh, Sounds like we're sitting around having a couple of them right now, right? Uh, We we should. We should. All right. We're going to get to the rest of our Elite Eight breakdown right after this. Welcome back to the second segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball. A reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On WB. And make sure you are subscribed because there's a whole host of shows here with Eric Ayala and Howard Megdell hosting the other shows. And this is like prime women's basketball time because we're guess what? We're going from this. We're going from the, this amazing tournament, which has been the best thing on your television. And I mean that compared to the men's tournament, NBA, anything else you're watching, this has been the best thing on your television screen. We have this, then we have the WNBA draft, and then we're going to have the WNBA because life is great. We're getting so all of the, this is our time of the year, Amy. Um, but let's talk about a game that was slightly less exciting than I was talking about. Uh, South Carolina, 62, Texas, 34. South Carolina held Texas scoreless in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I know that's, it's tough, right? I mean, you don't want to take away uh, from coach Schaefer, right. And what he's done there. I don't think that's the last thing. Yeah, no, like that's fantastic and everything. However, that being said, like, (laughs) that's not the kind of record you want, right. Um, no. Especially when you got Charlie Collier, like you got to find a way to, to score some buckets. Uh, you credit South South Carolina, obviously, first for stepping up and and playing defense. But at the same time, I don't like I don't I don't think that was because of the defense. I think there was just an inability to put the, the ball in the hoop. 
Um, I don't know. You know I mean, I, I thought I thought I would say this Texas also early in that game, like rushed a lot of shots like they didn't let their offense kind of percolate and, and find what they wanted. Right. They, they I thought that they were very rushed. I thought that their best game was the Maryland game, right? They oh, were yeah. fan, they were tremendous in that game because I thought Maryland was I personally had picked Maryland to win that game. So mm. um that I I I don't know. I just I was so I was a little surprised that there was zero points scored in the fourth quarter. So I think I think there's actually a correlation between that Maryland game and this South Carolina game because obviously, like I've been saying all season long. Maryland's the best team in the country. I was very emphatic about picking them to win the national title. Um, and I was very upset when they were losing because Texas's scheme against Maryland was perfect defensively. They had a plan and they executed it perfectly on the defensive end. I think their mentality coming into that game was we cannot run with this team. We cannot outscore this. T- Obviously you outscore everyone when you win a basketball game, but we can't, we can't score with them. So what are we going to do? We're going to have a defensive scheme that's going to be perfect. We are going to have an offensive scheme that's going to be good and take time. And then because there's such a quick turnaround between that game on Sunday and this game on Tuesday, I'm not sure as a team, and maybe you could, you, you could tell me if I'm wrong here, but it's hard to then switch gears to say, okay, now we're playing a team that's really good defensively. So now we have to be a little bit, we have to more, we have to push the issue a little bit more on offense because South Carolina, if we're going to get into a rock fight with South Carolina, which this largely was for both teams, like, okay, Texas shot 23% from the field and South Carolina shot 43%, but it was kind of a rock fight on both ends. Like you're not going to win a rock fight with South Carolina. You're not going to just stay there toe to toe with them and beat them on the defensive end. I think it was hard for Texas to then shift gears mentally and say, now we have to be an offensive minded team, especially after that performance against, against Maryland. Do you think there's anything to that? I, yeah, I think there's a lot to that, but I guess my, my mindset there is you're talking about the top eight teams in the country at this point, the elite eight. And so you, you've got to, be able to do that. Are you going to see what happens, right? You're going to no, see they saw what happened. Points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, again, I, do I think that Texas is uh, shooting up quickly? Yeah. Do I think that they are going to continue to develop every year? Yes. Do I think that'll ever happen again? Do I think that they will ever score zero points in a March game in a quarter? No, no, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I don't think that'll happen again. Um, because you know they had their options. I thought at times South Carolina broke down a bit, right? That they they had their little kind of moments as well. But unfortunately, Texas just couldn't capitalize. So um, I think the final four are the four that should be there, yeah. based on the Elite Eight games, with the exception of Baylor. But I don't, you know, like I don't. I think that was a. I think that was an unfortunate matchup. I think that was a terrible Elite Eight matchup. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Like <laughs> with that exception. <laughs> So I don't like, I I think these are, well, I certainly think UConn, uh, South Carolina and Stanford. I don't know. I thought Maryland was probably better than South Carolina, to be honest. Like I would, I would have, I was really, really excited to see that game. I'm so mad. Like I'm so mad that Maryland just couldn't, couldn't pull it together. And they did get their stuff together. No shade. Like obviously they lost to a really, really good team in Texas, but I'm really mad. We didn't get to see that. 
um, game because I do think they were actually probably they they could have been in this conversation could have had a game like that UConn Baylor game. I do want to talk about the UConn Baylor game. So uh, 69-67, UConn <laughs> beats Baylor. Uh, very controversial ending. Very very controversial ending. I think it's clear that the John Carrington got fouled. Uh, that's but that that yeah. you know that you can't. There's fouls all over the place. Rests. I think didn't really do that great of a job. I think Tar Vanderbilt even said like it's been way too physical throughout the tournament. I think they, the refs let it go too far. Um, as much as I like to say let them play, you need to call fouls when they're fouls. Regardless, well, that's, that was a foul. <laughs> that was yeah, a foul. It was foul. It was a, we, <laughs> very clearly a foul, and I think you know it's been well covered. But I think the rest of the game is even more interesting. And what you said is interesting too. Like this was an elite eight game that felt like the national championship. So my question is, do you think these two are, do you think Baylor is the second best? These two teams are the the two best teams in the country? Wow. I mean, listen, I I could, because it's hard to say, it's hard to say that. And then not remember, I think Stanford's really, really good. I think think it's going to be a Stanford UConn final. um, If if I had to guess, Um, but I mean, do but again, was that a national championship game? Absolutely, it was. And if Dee Dee Richards didn't get didn't get hurt there, I think we're looking at a different bracket. Um, you, you never know, know but mm-hmm. I mean, come on, that was the difference, right? Like that was the difference. When, when you look at just the way that everything broke down a little bit at the end there for Baylor, and they still, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but they could have been shooting two foul free throws on the final possession of that game. And they played without her in the end. I, th- I think those, those, those were two really bad breaks. Um, but it they still in, almost in, beat UConn. They still almost beat UConn on two fair, really bad breaks. I, I want to give credit to UConn though, because yeah, I think of course when they smell, they, you know, and you never want to see someone get injured and that's not what I'm saying, but in any, in any moment, like we were talking about with Stanford, once Anna Wilson got that that rebound, got the steal on the rebound, they smelled blood in the water and they went, they're, they're sharks. So they went to go eat. Absolutely. UConn, UConn similarly did the same thing. They saw D.D. Richards go down and they didn't take a second to say, oh, okay, what are we going to do now? They said, we're going to go on this 19-0 run because we need to get back in this ball game right now. And they and, didn't and, waste time. And I would say, don't forget the way this game started too. The, yep. the lead that they got right off the opening tip. So I don't want to take away from UConn. Like they, they won that game and they, you know, it's funny because you hear a lot of the UConn alumni saying, well, mm-hmm. if those things didn't happen for sure. No. And, and that's it. Was it a foul at the end? Yes. Did UConn put themselves in a position to win that game because of the way that they started the game and that third quarter run? Absolutely. Um, this is why we play the game. This is why we show up and play games. This is why UConn has to play games because you never know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that very well could have been a national title game. And and that's, that's great for a sport that, that type of game. I mean, in some ways, right. That you are, because you don't want to take away from the other teams and the other, the other matchups that also took place, but that was the one that was, it was funny. It wasn't like you said, it wasn't neck and neck the whole game, but it felt like that at times, right? Like even when the score was a 10 point game, it was like every possession, you're kind of just like watching and kind of hanging on because you know that both of these teams are, are great. You knew you knew it was coming down to the last possession because those two teams are so good. And we're going to talk about the final four in just a second. I do want to give a huge shout out to um, Arizona, Indiana, yes. both making their first elite eight in program history. Both of them, which 
to me, it's like kind of crazy because these schools are such basketball schools. Um, but they, they finally get to the Elite Eight. Arizona prevails. Ari McDonald has been, in my opinion, the player of the tournament. No shots to Paige. I think she's been fantastic. I think, to, but to me, in terms of what of what she's doing and how much she's leading her team, Ari McDonald has been the player of the tournament. If it, it, I don't think Arizona is going to make it to the national championship. If they do, she's my most uh, outstanding player. But we'll talk about all that uh, in just a second. Talk about the final four and break down what's going to happen on Friday. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for our entire time on the show. Built Bar is, an ama- is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on their bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Amy, today's matchup is birthday cake versus raspberry cheesecake. I have not tried these flavors yet, but you, you, my friend, have. So which one of these flavors is better? Oh my gosh! Why this is the, the this is the UConn Baylor Elite Eight matchup. This is a Final Four matchup. You oh got it in the Elite Eight. So Tell me. okay, uh, really quick. So birthday cake is like usually my favorite flavor in, in everything. Like I just I love everything birthday cake flavor, and I do. This was an amazing birthday mm-hmm. fla- flavored. Um, but that raspberry cheesecake was something else. I was like driving on my way up to Toronto, having my little mind built bar as my like midday pick me up, and I was like, whoa! So I got to go that way. I can't believe okay. I'm saying this, but I'm, but, but that doesn't, but my number, like my A, this is like A1, A2. This is A1, A2. Well, the birthday cake fans are on Twitter complaining about a call, but remember that you can go to builtbar.com or at, uh, you can go to at builtbar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market. Although they're all great. It's all, it's all copacetic. Let's talk about battle line really quick. Battle line, the fastest and easiest way to place bets on your sports action. Football may be over unless you don't count. FCS football, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to place your bets. It's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, starting the next segment right now in three, two, one. All right, Amy, we do not have a ton of time here because we've talked a lot about the Elite Eight because it was amazing. But let's give some let's give some thoughts, some keys to the final four matchups on Friday. First up, we got South Carolina, Stanford at 6 p.m. We have both we have both picked Stanford. Uh, this is a six point. Stanford is favored by six points. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go to our, the her hoop stats. Um, look look ahead here. The predicted winner is Stanford, 52% chance of winning by a margin of 0.6. So gonna be a close one. What do you think is gonna be the key between these two teams? We we've heard a couple times about how South Carolina in game tends to so at at moments drift away from their game plan. 
right? And mm-hmm. and that's Coach Staley. Like you've heard that from coaching staff. You've heard that from the announcers. And you cannot do that against Stanford because even if like what we saw things were falling apart for Stanford in that first half yesterday, they still like kind of locked in to what they needed to do. And I, I don't, they started hitting some shots. Right. And so I'd say, that's why I think it's just going to be execution. It's going to be execution from the opening tip to the very, to the very last couple possessions. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to be surprised if South Carolina beats them. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised by it. They're very good. They're, they're a great team as well. But I just think Stanford, um, we've seen them be challenged now too, right? We saw that was yep. their challenge yesterday and we saw the response in their challenge and they just kind of kept their head down and, and chipped away. And they had some performances from maybe not the biggest names off the bench that they would expect, right? And I just, mm-hmm. I think that it, it, that kind of momentum is going to carry them forward. However, I will say, is Cameron Brink going to be healthy and ready to go. She's big time. Listen, I'm excited to see how she moves around Aaliyah Boston, totally different body, totally different type of game, but uh, how can they use their advantages against each other? If that's a matchup that we get to see that, that, you know, you know, I love the big, so that's where, that's where I'm going to be looking. No, I agree. And, and when you look at this, I think each team has um, a strength that the other doesn't like when you yeah. look at South Carolina, Definitely built from the inside out. They love to get into the paint. I think what's going to be major, as you mentioned, is Brink's health and also how much she can stand up to Aaliyah Boston in the paint. And to, to again, quote Don Staley, um, who, by the way, is one of two black women coaches in this Final Four for the first time ever. Yep. That is huge. Adia Barnes. Amazing. Huge. Adia Barnes from the other side. Uh, two WNBA players as well. We could have a whole podcast about that. But to get to the game, can Brink stand up to Aaliyah Boston and can Aaliyah Boston not be quote unquote jump shot Judy as Don Staley likes to call her sometimes. If she can stay in the paint and beast and get offensive rebounds that, that I think this is going to, this is going to be a much uh, easier game for South Carolina to win. And on the flip side, I think Stanford with their guards can really turn, turn the ball over uh, can get turnovers against this South Carolina team. South Carolina has some great guards, Destiny Henderson, Zycook, but they can be loose at times. So is Stanford able to take advantage of, of that sort of, um, you know, lack of focus or care for the ball that South Carolina has exhibited at times. Those are the two things I'm going to be watching. Obviously, I think this game can come down to a lot of things just because these two teams are so good. So it's going to be something random like Ashton Prechtel having a huge game, right? Going to be, you know, someone, you know, Victoria Saxon having like 20 points, who quietly Victoria Saxon has had an amazing tournament. Um, yeah. So we're it's going to be something random that we're we're not going to see coming because these two teams are just so freaking good and so well-coached. Um, but I, I just, I'm with you. I just, I can't see Stanford. Like Stanford just has so much um, to go to and so much to hit you back with. That I think they're going to, I think they're going to pull it out. All right, quickly, Arizona, UConn uh, in the, her hoop stats model is giving UConn a 90.7% chance of winning. Wow. That is a lot. Um, and they're projected to win by 15 points. Uh, the line is UConn by 13 and a half. I'm going to take, I'm not, I'm picking UConn to win. Yeah. But, but, and here's what I'll say. There are legends made in this tournament, right? Yeah. We, we can name a ton of them. Cheryl Swoops, you know, uh, Jackie Styles. 
you you can look at the men's side, Stephen Curry, Kemba Walker. Like there are legends made in this tournament. March. Ari McDonald has a chance to <laughs> this time to make herself yeah. into even more of a legend. She has taken this program, her and Adia Barnes, both. Adia Barnes, this is a player. They she's taken them to new heights. This is a place that Arizona has not been to and didn't imagine that they could be in, in the last five years. And she took them there almost on like sheer force of will. There was times when they were playing, you know, BYU that it was like McDonald's just like, I'm not losing this game. And she shut down the team on, on the defensive end and made big shots on the offensive end. I think she's going to have a tall task ahead of her because she's going to have to cover either Paige Beckers or Kristen Williams. I'm not sure which one you actually want her on because Paige plays a little bit more off ball and Aries like an amazing on ball defender. So you maybe want her on Kristen Williams, but to me, she has a chance here and that's what the chance, like she McDonald could put up 35 points and they could win this game. She could also put up 35 points and they could lose this game because that's how good UConn is. Um, do you think, like, how much of a chance are you going to give UConn more than a 9.3% chance of winning? The, I mean, Arizona, 9.3% chance of winning this game? Uh, I probably know. your face. <laughs> probably have to say, you know, I, I would say this. If I'm UConn, I, who, whoever Aries guarding is, is getting the ball and getting to the mm-hmm. rim in the first couple minutes. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard, right? Because when you look at a team that gets to the final four, they're good. They're really good. I don't, I don't, especially on the women's side, you just, you just don't see it, right? Like they're good. Um, They deserve to be there. Uh, I just, I look at what UConn did to, to Baylor, especially in like, we talk about that run. We talk about the opening of the game. And I think Baylor is one of the better defensive teams in the country. Uh, they're hitting it. They're hitting it on, on all cylinders right now. And they are young. And so that means they are still adjusting in game, game to game. And they all do have one of the most prolific coaches that we've ever seen, right? On the bench and Gino Ariama, mm-hmm. who knows how to get something out of them game to game to game. So uh, if, again, like if you're asking me to put my own money on the table and make a bet, I am taking UConn mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. But I just, sometimes it's hard. I don't like to have these conversations because I really like Arizona. I think they're very good. I just, this is UConn. Um, We're down to the and, last four. Yeah. We're down to the last four. This happened, yeah. like, there are four teams, you know, all of them are really, really good, but some of them are going to be better than the others. Although I'm going to say this, Olivia Nelson Adota and Aaliyah Edwards have to do more. They had four points and three, uh, three points and four points respectively against Baylor. They have to do more because if not, Kate Reese can eat them up. Baptiste is going to eat them up. I, I just think they need to do more. And that's how, that's the way you kind of convince yourself that Arizona has a chance. Uh, they all, they have a chance. I mean, just like that's how Arizona wins this game is if those two don't play well and, you know, Paige doesn't shoot 10 for 22, you know what I'm saying? Like the, conceptually, I can see Arizona winning this game. So I want to tell everyone like, yeah, I would say this, but Gabe, I'm not measuring on playing well just by points, right? Like, no, I, I get what no. you're saying. Someone else that, yeah, like you can't expect, you cannot expect your backcourt only scoring the basketball. I get that. Like you need, you need some point, like you need your bigs to, to show some sort of production, but my gosh, I'm sorry. When you're playing with those guards set screens, they'll either mm-hmm. find you or they'll find their own shot. Like we know that. Right. So, so I would say that too. I, I don't, I, 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 yeah, I'm excited to, to see them go out there and get it done. 
Friday, we went really long because it's the Final Four, but you guys you guys are here with us. Don't worry about it. All right, uh, so Friday, Final Four, South Carolina, Stanford, then Arizona, UConn, then on Monday, not entirely sure if we're going to do a show or if we're just going to wait until after the National Championship game. We'll let you know, but hang out here on this, on this here podcast feed. Again, follow us on our Twitter feeds, and you guys have an amazing day, and make sure you watch some women's basketball this weekend because you're going to see someone awesome.